This is the podcast helping to create, provide, and expand winners in life. Positively life-changing experiences through music for all. Go for it! This is the podcast that encourages everyone to break ranks! Welcome to Break Ranks, the official podcast of the Bands of America Marching Band Championships. I'm Dan Potter, one of the stadium announcers and media personality for Bands of America and Music for All. This week, a close look at the remarkable success of high school band programs in the suburbs of one mid-sized American city. My city, Tulsa, Oklahoma, home to at least a half dozen BOA finalist bands and one four-time Grand National Champion. Success breeds success. That's Pride of Broken Arrow director Darren Davis, joined by Union Renegade Regiment director Charles Pissara. Success breeds success, and I don't think there's anywhere in the country that's more true than, than right here. And Pride of Owasso director Chris Harris. Administrative and community support and parental support for our programs is off the charts. It's a great discussion. So let's go for it. Break ranks. I'm so excited to share this week's discussion with these amazing directors. But first, we got business to do. We had a historic Bands of America Regional Championship weekend. And we got to review that because for the first time in BOA history, we had five regionals, five of them spread out across the U.S. this past Saturday. In first place, we began on the banks of Lake Erie with a score of 82.25, 82.25, the 2023 Bands of America Northwest Ohio Regional Champions, the Jenison High School Marching Band from Jenison, Michigan. Brad Bell with the call in Toledo as Michigan's Jenison High School won the music and visual captions to take the top spot in finals. I'm told Jenison's director, Dave Zamborski, got the kids home to Michigan after finals, and he had to turn around bright and early on Sunday to fly to New York to prep for Jenison's appearance in this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Ohio's Centerville Jazz Band was tops in general effect in finals, took second overall with Michigan's Rockford High School third. The class champion medallions went to Class A Crestwood High School of Ohio. Jenison took the 2A title, Rockford 3A, and Centerville 4A. Next up, the very first BOA regional in Memphis, Tennessee. With a score of 81.75, the inaugural Bands of America Memphis Regional Champion, the Bartlett High School Marching Band from Bartlett, Tennessee. That's BOA joining us challenge winner, now BOA staff announcer, Nick Costella behind the mic, breaking the news that Bartlett High School, in just their third year of BOA participation, had won their very first regional championship. Bartlett also took top honors in music and general effect, while second place Hernando High School of Mississippi was tops in visual. Tennessee's Collierville High School, third in finals in Memphis. Collierville was also the Class 4A champ in prelims. Georgia's Harrison High School with the 3A champ. Hernando tops in 2A, and Murray High School of Kentucky got medallions in 1A. Next up, a couple of barn burners in the Lone Star State, beginning in Katy, west of Houston. The 2023 Bands of America West Houston Regional Champion, the Woodlands High School Marching Band from the Woodlands, Texas. Alex Quintero saying the Woodlands name a lot Saturday night. The 2013 BOA Grand National Champion swept all captions in Katy to take the championship there this year. The All-Texas Finals saw San Antonio's Ronald Reagan High School come in second. And Cy Fair, the champ last week at the North Houston Regional, was third this week in Katy. The Woodlands also claimed the 4A medallions in prelims, Friendswood the 3A champ, Franklin High School the 1A champ, and there were no 2A schools at the Katy Regional. I had the pleasure of announcing the Regional in a stadium that is so special to me, HEB Stadium at Pennington Field. 
is where I taught the LD Bell drum majors in 2006 and 2007. In fact, I lived right across the street. I taught one of my kids how to drive in the parking lot. The 2023 Bands of America Dallas-Fort Worth Mid-Cities Regional Champion, the Hebron High School Marching Band from Carrollton, Texas. It looks to be another incredible season for the Hebron Band of Carrollton, Texas. With bands like Marcus and Flower Mound and Capel breathing down their necks, the members of Hebron managed to sweep music, visual, and GE in finals. Marcus came in second, Flower Mound third. Congrats to Crum High School of Texas, the Class 1A champ. The band from just up the road in Grapevine was tops in 2A, Grapevine High School. Wakeland High School of Frisco, Texas, the 3A winner, and Hebron took 4A. And finally, we go to almost 7,000 feet above sea level to the mountains of northern Arizona and our fifth regional from this past weekend in Flagstaff. And in first place with a score of 87.7, the 2023 Bands of America Arizona Regional Champion, the American Fork High School Marching Band from America, Utah. The one and only Chuck Henson sounds like he was getting plenty of oxygen in the thin air of Flagstaff as he made the call for Utah's American Fork High School. American Fork took all three caption awards on their way to the title, with California's Vista Murrieta second and Clovis High School of New Mexico third. The class champs in Flagstaff were American Fork 4A, Fossil Ridge of Colorado 3A. The big blue band from Oklahoma's Sepulpa High School got medallions in 2A, and Pinecrest Academy of Nevada was the 1A champ. My home, Tulsa, Oklahoma, is roughly the 55th largest metro area in the United States. Yet this area has at least a half a dozen high school bands that are consistent Bands of America finalists. And one, Broken Arrow, that's won four Grand National Championships. Now, of course, you can find high concentrations of great high school band programs in several other American cities. But most of them, say Indianapolis, Atlanta, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, most of those places are much bigger than Tulsa. So I thought it would be worth exploring just what's going on here in and around Tulsa. And I've invited three of my closest band director buddies in town to help me figure it out. In fact, I bought them lunch and I brought them to the radio station where I work to find out if maybe there's some secret sauce here that other communities can learn from. Darren Davis is director of the four-time Grand National Champion Pride of Broken Arrow. Charles Pissara is director of the Union Renegade Regiment and Chris Harris directs the Pride of Owasso. Chris was first to jump in when I asked the three of them what it is that makes high school music programs around here so good. You know, we've worked together. I, I taught Charles. I worked with Darren in, in band and in drum corps. So we've known each other. So there's some commonality. But I think from working in all three of these districts, I worked in Union, Broken Arrow, and Owasso, the uh, administrative and community support and parental support for our programs is off the charts. Um, they they want us to be successful. They give us everything we need. Uh, even though we don't have a budget for a lot of things we need, we are able to pass bond issues. I mean, we're practicing on a – we all have a, a turf practice field with the tower to practice on. Not a lot of schools have that. Most high school bands across this country are lucky if they practice on a parking lot. Sometimes the parking lots have light posts in them. Sometimes they have cars in them that they have to work around. That's the norm. So to have a, a turf field with a tower and all of that, that's the exception. What do you think it is in Tulsa, Darren? Well, I think you got to understand that it didn't happen overnight, that um, there are historic programs in the Tulsa area that have been strong for 
you know, 50 and 60 plus years. You had Bob Early at Jinx uh, forever. You had Eldale Barnett was at Union High School, Tom Stout and Ken Grass at Broken Arrow. You had Harlan Lampkin back in the day uh, emerging with a, a, an Owasso program that became from nowhere to be one of the, the, the most deep programs in our state with, with uh, their quality of their students. So, you know, as Chris said, success breeds success. We kind of uh, feed off of each other and having our, our kids a chance to listen and watch some of the best in our area does nothing but make our own programs even better. Yeah. But uh, it, yeah, it's, we're lucky. We're, we're lucky teachers that we're in the programs we're in now, not because we built them, but because we inherited something really special. Charles Pissarra. Darren said that success breeds success, and I don't think there's anywhere in the country that's more true than, than right here. Um, kind of pushing each other to make each other better. I mean, obviously, uh, Darren holds the longstanding uh, record of state championships for sure and um, the national championships. Um, but I got I to tell you that um, that kind of success and, and all the amazing musicianship that's coming out of Owasso definitely pushes union kids to be um, better and better. Uh, but it's historic for sure. There's no doubt about it. This didn't happen overnight by any means. Okay, well, let's dig a little bit deeper into the history. Do you think it's because football has always been so strong in Oklahoma high schools? Is that the real going way back genesis of strong band programs as well? Chris, you're smiling. Uh, well, it's I'm a big sports fan, so it, it's fun when the football team is successful as well. Uh, but it, it really is, uh, it's, a, it's a different animal. Uh, you know, and football, you, know, you got two teams trying to kill each other on Friday night, but up in the stands, you got Broken Arrows drum majors coming over to high five our drum majors, you know, and the union kids will come see us and we'll go talk to them and and we'll uh, we'll clap the pride of Broken Arrow onto the field and they'll clap for us when we come. So that dynamic's a little bit different, right? Uh, but I the, guess I was saying yeah. I was thinking more of. Football has always been historically strong in Oklahoma, and the marching band, at least historically at the high school level, has been there to support the football team, at least in the origins of it. Is there a connection between those two? Uh, there could be. I, I, I'm, I can't think that hard right now. I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's no secret that the, the east side football programs have had a lot more success. and. Yeah. Uh, on a national level, um, with all due respect, that it's it's true with the the band programs, the community support. I mean, that's I guess what I'm getting at is they there's a habit of community support, whether it's sports or music. Well, there's a, a culture of the programs in in this northeast Oklahoma area that are not un, unlike what you see in the Dallas area or Austin, Houston. Indianapolis right. areas, Atlanta. Um, there, but there is something special here. And, and particularly in Northeast Oklahoma, um, we've embraced um, one, these, this one high school, one community um, uh, aspect. And so those, those programs on this side of the state are larger. So it, it builds more community spirit. Um, you know, one of my favorite things back in the day when I even grew up at Broken Arrow is we'd go play over at Union High School. And here's a, a school that w really with without a, a town, a community, mm. but there's this this vibrancy of it, of their local spectators, their fans, their alumni that come back year after year, support the, those great programs. Union High School is a school district that straddles both Tulsa and Broken Arrow. And so, yes, consequently, no, no one city, but definitely a strong Charles community sense of community. For sure. Yeah. I, um, Darren actually really said that well in terms of union. There's, there's no main street 
union. There's no downtown union. We don't have a mm. a Labor Day parade. Um, so we kind of have some uh, unique challenges that are different than maybe some of the other surrounding schools or even around the state or even a country. Um, not having not having that um, maybe what we call traditional line of support. Um, it sometimes makes things challenging, but then we kind of have our own, we kind of cut our own path in terms of what our community uh, values and expects and, and respects, and and they've resourced it that way as well. So uh, union is a little different in that way, um, uh, but uh, I think the fact that w- because union public schools does straddle the boundaries between uh, between Tulsa and Broken Arrow, I kind of think that actually strengthens us in some ways too because like I'm, I'm sure that there are uh, Darren you have kids that go to the same church as our kids do so these kids kind of see that it's it's more than just competing whether it's football or or marching band that it's it's the whole community uh, of music and, and and art that all these kids can be doing together even if they're technically competing on a on a score sheet somewhere Band director at Carmel uh, High School, Chris uh, Crakey, told me in the very first episode of Break Ranks this year, there, there is no defense in marching band. And uh, that was his point as well. Is that, uh, in, like all three of you have said, there's camaraderie between the bands and that each band tends to motivate the other band to do a little bit better. Okay. Um, what is the value... Well, okay, but let's start the value discussion here. Marching band's expensive. Well, I, I would flip that around and say the value of what kids are getting in in competitive marching band now. You can't you you can't put a, a value or a worth on the life skills that the kids the the meaningful relationships that they're going to make. I mean, look, we're in a time now where our our culture across America is we're trying to get kids away from high school. We're trying to get them to graduate early. They're trying to get into the college classes. They're trying to do all kinds of things that are um, more young adult. And, right. But yeah. we're not letting kids be kids, right? Yeah. And, and so there's one thing about uh, competitive marching band that allows a kid to be in the moment with their peers in high school. And you're going to have the rest of your life to work, to job out, to go do uh, higher level um, classes in, in your college realm. There's something to be said for the value of what we offer across America in competitive marching band. Uh, that connection that you see of a parent seeing their kid come off a field, I get choked up to even just thinking about about that, is is seeing the, a different side of their kid than they, they ever thought that they, they, they knew. And you can't, I'm telling you, you can't put a value and a price tag on what those experiences are like for families and for kids to make a meaningful connection with their peers mm-hmm. and maybe even with their parents that they wouldn't have that opportunity to do. And so, yeah, there, there's money involved for sure. But the, I think the value far outweighs what the investment is. There are so many kids who find their place in a band program who didn't think that they had a place in other social circles in high school. Is that right? Well, I I don't want to jump in again, but I'll say this. How many band directors in America, and same with us three right here, have seen that kid come into our program? It's like they need us way more than we need them Mm. and because they need something to belong to. And you see that kid transform and grow up and become something that they never thought they could as far as their confidence, their 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 social skills, how they interact with people. Um, 
you know, sometimes I think it's band directors, teachers. We, we see the best in kids when they maybe don't even see the best in them themselves. And it's an unrelenting expectation and standard that we hold high standards of character and performance skills, and kids will achieve what they're expected to do. Mm. If you expect less and try to apologize for kids that they can't do as much, they'll do less. And if you have a high expectation, they'll do more. Chris, did you have a student that you were sure needed the band more than the band needed that student? There's, I'm 32 years in, and there are, there are so many. Um, I've had kids come back and say, this was the only structure I had in my life. I didn't really see it, and I was drawn to it. But now as an adult, I can see that that structure has made me what I am today. So I'm sitting here listening to these guys talk, trying to think of one single one. But I, I think to kind of tie in um, – this is one of the last true long-term project activities for kids. Interesting. They got all their answers right here. In you know, phone, and we yeah. tell the kids already, you are not going to learn how to be a great trumpet player. You know, can you get better? Looking at a, a Google, uh, a YouTube video of Chris Martin, of course, but you still got to put the time in. There's no way to be great at marching band right now on in a short short amount of time. And you guys are just, you're getting programmed for fast, quick results, and the results are going to come slow with us. And you've got to embrace that. And I, we tell our upperclassmen, you've got to tell these freshmen, okay, we're 10 weeks away from the finish. You've got to tell them what it's going to be like at the end because it is glorious when it all comes together. And you've got to keep encouraging each other in that way because the world is telling you to take shortcuts constantly. And this activity, you just cannot have shortcuts. God, I love and it's for that reason. Um, yeah, there's no AI for marching band, right? And there's no chat GPT. It, right. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Exist. Yeah. You know, kids can learn. Kids can get it on their phones if you're using drill writing uh, uh, software. Yeah. You know, drill book and, and Pyware yeah. and all that on their phones. That's about as close as they can get to getting help from their phones. Wow. Yep. The rest of it's like real boots on the ground. Like, well, maybe not literally boots, maybe drill masters or, you know, Nikes, but it's literally it has to happen there and, yeah. and it can't happen anywhere else. It and, has to be and, and it starts slow because those first six weeks or so, there's very little reward. It's all hard work. It's, you know, you're not going to contests then. You're not getting to perform for big crowds. You're just learning drill and learning music and it's hot. And if you're an underclassman, you may be wondering, what's this all for? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Darren, you, you don't always talk about season thirds. I've, I've stolen that. I've used it probably for the last five or six years since I heard you talk about it. Yeah, I'm reminded of that. I preach that all the time is, is we divide the season in, into thirds of the season. And, and I'll share this with band directors that I do clinics with or, or students that I get a chance to do some student leadership opportunities. But, you know, essentially it's this. That first third of the season, it, it's all work. There's no gratification for that hard work and investment you put in. In Oklahoma and Texas, it's 100 plus degrees every day. It's not a whole lot of fun. Um, but, but the fun is, is emerging past that carrot that you never really reach in the last third of the season. But in that second third of the season, you, you start to perform the show. You're, you're at ball games. There's people who are interested in what you're doing. The kids are, are starting to feel an accomplishment of what you're doing. Um, Quite often for a lot of band programs, it's that middle third of the season is the is the fight or flight part of the season. Mm -hmm. Either you're in, on struggle bus city, um, you know, there's <laughs> conflict, there's you know, there's all kinds of things. That's that's where a band I think <laughs> finds what adversity really is and, and emerges through that. And in that last third of the season, boy, that's what it's all about. You know, kids are building those relationships. Um, seniors are seeing an end to their run. 
Um, it's that sense of reflection is happening in that last third of the season. And as Chris and Charles both said, that's that's where the magic is, yeah. you know. And, and and there's very few activities that go over that long haul, just as Chris was mentioning. Um, you know, but I always think of like Nick Saban. I steal a lot of quotes from him all the time. The great Alabama coach that says there's no shortcut to being great. It just takes hard work. And hard work is, isn't always fun. You know, we want band to be fun. We want them to have great experiences. But work is work. Yeah. You know, there's, and and uh, this day and age of students, even post-COVID, um, the first sign of adversity is the first sign of when people will check out and they'll give up. And I think band teaches kids that you never give up. You see it through to the end. You make a commitment to your friends. It's not about the commitment of what you want to do. It's about something bigger than than yourself. And that's what I love about this activity. I'm glad you brought up COVID because that's where I was going next. I, I want to know from each of you what differences you've seen in your students since uh, post-COVID and, and having them back. And I know a lot of them lost an awful lot. Most of them now have graduated. But we've got kids that were losing time in junior high now in high school. Chris, what do you think the effect has been? What have you seen? Uh, it, it's been tough. Uh, we lost uh, a third of our kids the COVID year. We went from about 350 uh, that we took to the Rose Parade the year before COVID. And uh, what was it? I think we were, our our roster was at 212 the next year. Wow. And uh, so it's been a, it's been a long haul. And, and I, I know Darren and Charles are going to agree with this. Uh, what the beginners and then the second year of kids were getting or not getting in their band programs just killed them. I mean, this the lack of fundamental training. That that horn on the face every single day was a struggle. So getting back to the basics and uh, making the kids uh, know that that's – I mean, they don't really – you know, Darren said it – he said it best. Uh, his program is a standard for this. You put the expectation up here and you don't lower it for anything. So you just keep the expectation there and we nursed them along. Um, the first year out of COVID, as far as our marching band, we – um, we had a really great show, but we just did not march and play well. Um, last year, we had marched and played so much better, and you could feel that progress coming. And this year, um, we feel like we're back to normal. Really? So it's been, it's been a long haul from a step. Now, the kids don't know any different. If you raise the bar high and you try to create a great experience for them by the end, um, they're going to get that, and that's going to be okay. But – Behind the curtains in our in our staff meetings, everybody's like, finally feels like us again. We finally feel feel like it's turning. We got a huge eighth grade class coming through uh, next year to uh, be freshmen, and uh, so th- this has been the, this has been the year for us that we feel like we're back to, back to normal. Charles, would you use the word normal to describe things now? We lost about a third of our our kids as well, but this year, yeah, we we definitely feel like we definitely feel like we're back. That senior class we have right now were the freshmen when there were no marching band contests going on. And so, I mean, I tell you what, even more so now than ever before, you know, the, 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 in the education world, the social buzz is social and emotional learning. I mean, band directors, we call that rehearsal. You know, that's what we do. That's, we take care of kids every single day. Well, it's true, right? Touche. But – Kids, their social skills are far weaker. Uh, just being honest, they're far more limited than they were before COVID, and the same with their parents. 
You know, it's, it's very much internal. It's all about electronic devices. Um, and so that's been the biggest challenge for our team. And I think we see that everywhere is it's, it's, I mean, you know, marching band is important. Music's important. Drill's important. But the life skills is something that we've had to invest in even more so, um, particularly with parents. You know, like band booster meetings, parent meetings is more about educating the parents um, about the process, anything else. And we kind of see that that uh, be symbiotic with with what they do with their kids. Um, you know, Broken Arrow, we were we were super fortunate, and lucky. We, uh, you know, in, in the first comp- competitive year after COVID, we we knew we had a, a good show in our pocket. We knew it was going to be a good show uh, in the design, and the kids were in. It's like they were musically and marching band starving. They were so hungry. It was like, you know, tell me what to do, and we'll do it. Whatever you say, we'll do it. And so we just treated it like it was a normal year. Uh, even though there was a lot behind the scenes that went to to get kids to to give of themselves for that, you know, something bigger than the individual. But we had as strong a year in 2021 as we ever had. It was a Grand National Champion year for us. And it, it, it it's it's a moment that I'll never forget. What's the value in the competition side of this? That's a tough one. I know this is kind of the, the for those who don't know, this is the third rail of marching band discussion, mm-hmm. competition. Look, I think competition is incredibly valuable if it's if it's if it's framed in the right context. Um, I can assure you that we never at Broken Arrow talk about a placement ever. We do talk about being competitive. We talk about give giving yourself a chance to be considered among the very best. You know, like, are, is your effort today the, the best in America? If it's not, that should be everyone's standard every day is that we give best in America st- work ethic every single day. And, and so uh, to me, it's never about the, the result, the hardware, the placement, the score. To me, it's about how kids feel and that sense of accomplishment that they have after they perform, knowing that they – um, hopefully have one of the very best designs in America, which uh, we've been lucky at Broken Air. We've had a, an incredible design team that year after year sets us up for greatness. Um, to me, it's when you see kids come off the field at Grand National Finals and how they're re- what their reactions are, their celebrations they have with each, each other, they're going to remember that 25 and 30 years from now more than what placement that they received or what the score was. They won't remember that, but they'll remember how they felt. I promise you that. Mm. Yeah, I, I got to chime in on that because uh, one of our our better runs at Grand Nationals in in 2011 with our Scarecrow show was also the best year for Oklahoma. Um, Darren's band won. Union was sixth. We were seventh. Yeah, I remember that year. That very was well. just unbelievable. And I think Owasso and Union. I think we tied three times or were one tenth of a part. Like. Uh, we were breaking ties with the general effects score, if you, if you know Marching Man. Um, but that year, we returned home from Grand Nationals, and some random band parent who had seen our show at the OBA State Championships from Edmund Memorial High School put up a sign in front of our band room door that says what Darren just said. Years from now, they'll never know what place you finished, but they will remember how you made them feel. And we've still got that sign from 12, 13 years ago. And that's exactly what it is. How do you feel? How did you make them feel? Did you pull them into the show? Um, Sure, do we want to compete and have a chance to win? Absolutely. Um, We tell our kids when they go onto the field uh, at retreat, um, if you're fortunate enough to be the winner, be humble. 
And uh, if you're not the winner, you make a beeline to the kids who won that trophy and congratulate them first and then just run around and celebrate with everybody. And so uh, the competitive part drives it. Kids want to compete. They want to be the best. But uh, Darren said it, the, the perspective is so important. I hate competing with music. I mean, I I didn't always – I wasn't always like that. I, I'm 32 years in now, and I'm, I'm growing tired of that part because I think I can teach my kids that perspective – the the parents in the community y'all are always going to get it. You know, right. when, when are we going to when are we going to win this contest or when are we going to go do that or when are we going to go? You know, that that's kind how of they thing. measure success. And that's how they measure it. And I'm yeah. like, hey man, just come back to the truck five minutes after our performance and look at your kids from a lot the city of Owasso and you tell me that that wasn't a worthwhile experience. But you got to go backstage to see it. You won't always see it out front. We tell our kids. Pretty much every time um, that we're lucky to lucky enough to advance to finals, if you're at a, at a super regional championship where there's 65 or 80 or 90 bands or whatever, we we just talk to our kids about having that attitude of gratitude. Be grateful for this moment because guess what? There are 52 other bands that work just as hard as you did that are not getting performing again tonight. So embrace this moment. Um, be proud of yourself, but also realize you're in a special place at a special time. You just happen to be here. So so, so walk with an attitude of gratitude. Guys, um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. What a fun conversation this has been. Thank you so much for coming in. I know this is the busiest time of year for all three of you. I, You know, if, if someone would get the football coaches from Owasso and BA and Union to sit down for a lunch podcast, it'd probably be huge freaking news. The fact that I can get the three of you to sit here and have lunch with me and talk as candidly as you did, uh, it's not lost on me. Thank you, all three of you, very much. Appreciate it. Well, you're a class act, and thanks for telling our stories because you have a unique perspective in, in Tulsa and in the country for being an advocate for what we do and it, th that matters a lot to us as teachers so yeah. thank you dan absolutely we we do not take that for granted the, the support we have from you thank you yeah your longevity and activity pretty incredible i'm i sent dan a text just a few weeks ago saying how cool it was to see him on the sideline just before retreat at dci finals um just uh, with tears in your eyes because uh <laughs> dan atchison was retiring and you got to be right there for that moment and so uh, that that breadth of career and the way you've dedicated yourself to this activity, to music education, um, being in your voc in your vocation, being different from ours, um, it it makes ours that much more special because the world gets and gets a view that they wouldn't otherwise get. Well, I appreciate the comments, guys. It's I am lucky to a work in a city that gets it as we've been talking about for the past hour, and B, work for a company in a radio station that gets it and sees the value in me talking about marching band all the time. It hasn't always been that way in my career. It wasn't that way in Texas. I would get in trouble when i talk about it too much. Here, they're like, more, the, more, this is your thing. So um, I, I have an attitude of gratitude, Charles. Thank you, all three again. Broken Arrow's Darren Davis, Union's Charles Pissara, and Owasso's Chris Harris. All right, there are two regionals coming up on the last weekend before the Super Regionals kick in. One of them this weekend's Conway, South Carolina, the other Prosper, Texas, north of Dallas, where the solar eclipse will happen in the middle of prelims. That's going to be cool. If you can't be at either of those shows, you don't have to miss a thing. Watch them both streamed live at boalive.tv. Until next time, I'm Dan Potter. Go for it. Break ranks. <laughs>